from the Theology of the Body Institute, this is the Ask Christopher West Podcast. Hi, podcast listeners. Welcome to another episode. We're so happy to have you with us. Thanks for being faithful listeners. Yes. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We hope we share some nuggets of helpful insight and wisdom with you today through the lens of John Paul II's Theology of the Body. That's what we do here. That is right. And I have a comment here from a set, just such a faithful listener, as you oh. just mentioned, who's also a patron. Thank you so much. His name is Robbie, and he, he submitted a comment that I wanted to share with the other listeners. Right. I hope he doesn't mind. <laughs> Robbie says, hi, Christopher and Wendy. I don't actually have a question. I'm just using this form as a way to contact you about the podcast. I want to let you know that I look forward to listening to the podcast every Monday. I'm so thankful for the work both of you do. It's been life-changing. Oh, that's good to hear. I'm not sure if you remember this, Christopher, but my wife and I actually had the chance to meet you in Nashville last summer after a Made for More event. And you prayed a prayer of blessing over my wife, Jessica, and our baby. Uh-huh. Jess was pregnant at the time. Our baby girl's now three months old. Awesome. Anyway, I'm always so thankful for the work you're doing. I know my family is too. Even though they may not have as much exposure to your ministry as I do, they benefit from both of you because it is through your work that I have grown and am continuing to grow in my love for them. It's through your faithfulness to spread the beautiful teaching of the theology of the body that I'm learning how to give my body as a gift of love to my wife and my four children. Woohoo! That is awesome, Robbie. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. Thank you also for being a patron. Your monthly support means a tremendous amount to us. We can't do what we do without people like you who support us. Keep giving your yes, brother. It's a blessing to be a blessing for you. And I, I really believe that uh, doing this work is one of the I, I just can't imagine doing anything else. What would I what else would I do with my life? I can't imagine a better mm. thing to do than to share this this good news. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. We're just about to start our summer courses at the TOB Institute, and I wondered if our listeners would want to hear about that. Yes, the Mary course, I think, is filled for June, but we have a TOB one in July. And if you're not familiar with the format here, what we do, it's a five-day, five-and-a-half-day experience. You fly into Philadelphia on a Sunday. We begin Sunday evening, and we go through lunchtime on Friday. It's five-and-a-half-day immersion into John Paul II's teaching. We're doing our flagship course, TOB1, the second full week of July. And then at the very end of July into the first week of August, Father Boniface Hicks. If you don't know about Father Boniface Hicks, look him up. He has a podcast. He's so good. He is a longtime friend of the Institute. He will be teaching a course called Theology of the Body and Spiritual Direction. So he's going to be really taking us into some deep interior realities and how the theology of the body applies to the interior mysteries of our heart through spiritual direction. I'm sure that's going to be very, very enriching. Check that out in the show notes. And uh, please, if money is an issue, we have a scholarship fund. We never want money to get in the way of people coming to our courses. So that's the only thing saying I could never afford that. When you apply, or excuse me, when you register, 
hit the pay later button and then just apply for a scholarship. We will do what we can to fund you to help make it easier for you to get here. You ready for a question from one of our wonderful patrons? I am. Let's do it. All right. This is from Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Hey, Christopher and Wendy. This podcast has been such a blessing to me. I've been loving TOB since I took a week-long course on it at St. Therese Institute of Faith and Mission oh, in great. Bruno, Saskatchewan. Woohoo! I met Christopher briefly over Skype when he did a Q&A with us. My question is, is there something wrong with finding out the sex of your child in the womb? My husband and I found out the sex of our daughter when she was 20 weeks from the ultrasound. I was really surprised that so many people had negative reactions. I found a lot of my Catholic friends seemed to think it was somehow uncatholic to find out whether your baby was a boy or girl. My husband and I were totally open to having a boy or a girl and would have been happy with either, but I found it really helped me connect to the baby to know that she was a little girl. Being able to call her my girl and talk to her woman to woman was really special for me throughout my pregnancy. I'm open to keeping it a surprise if that's what's right, but I just don't see why that would be considered better by the church. Can you shed light on this? I can shine a bright light on this for you, Natalie. There is absolutely nothing wrong with finding out the sex of your baby in advance. Boom. <laughs> if, if, somebody, if somebody has an issue with it, it's their own personal whatever issue it is. I don't know. I don't want to read into what people might be thinking. I, I mean, we had our personal preference as a married couple. We didn't want to know. And I'll tell you one of the reasons we didn't want to know, and this is just us, uh, or maybe it was just me, but we had some friends who were having a baby and they did the ultrasound thing. Is it, what is it? Ultrasound? Is that how they uh -huh. find out? I always get ultrasound mixed up with, what's that other thing? <laughs> ultrasound and uh, some other, t anyway, doesn't matter. I'm getting off track. My wife's giving me that look like, get back to the question. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm worthy of that look every once in a while. I admit it. Uh, what was I saying? Now I'm all lost. Ultrasound. You were telling a story I'm telling about a story you about knew. our friends who she was the wife was pregnant. They did the ultrasound. They thought they were having a girl, and then my friend says to me the day of the birth, uh, that uh, our baby came out fully equipped. It was not a girl. It was a boy. And it was, it was jarring to them because for several months they were gearing up for having a girl. They might even painted the room a certain color, got all the girly clothes and girly stuff, and they had a boy. So I said, I don't want to go through that. <laughs> um, I just want to be surprised on the day of the birth. But there is absolutely nothing wrong whatsoever with finding the sex of your child. If people are giving you weird looks... Return a look of love, and you will heap burning clothes oh, on yes. your heads. <laughs> Natalie, I just want to say this to you. You know, it's your first baby, and there's a whole world of just the life of parents of young children where people have strong opinions about all kinds of things, and they have strong reasons for their strong opinions and think that they it's their job to tell you what their opinion is and how you're doing something wrong, starting with Apparently, even before the baby was born, they think you did something wrong. So I just want to prep you for that. This isn't the last thing that somebody's going to cause you to doubt your own clear-headed thinking. Um, but every reason you gave for how it was a blessing for you is also a blessing to many other people. And it, there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, nothing at all. Bless you, bless you. Our next question is from Lauren. Hi, Lauren. 
Hi, Christopher and Wendy. I'm so grateful for your ministry. I come from a Protestant background, but as I've listened to your podcast, I've considered myself to have been discipled by the two of you. And you truly have made such an impact on my views of the human body, sexuality, sin, and the world around me. Here's my question. I currently attend a Reformed Protestant church that sponsors a local Christian campus ministry, to the point that the campus ministry's missionaries are listed in our church directory as church employees. Several of my friends have been deeply hurt by being involved in this ministry, The leader of it told a young man preparing for marriage, If you ever have a porn problem during your marriage, never tell your wife. Oh, my. You wouldn't want to worry her. Oh, my. Today, during Sunday school, that same man remarked that he never evangelizes to women. He already has enough men to evangelize. Why would he need to share with women? He further joked about a time on an airplane that he was seated between a beautiful 25-year-old woman and an ugly old man. He was forced to choose to share the gospel with one of them. He joked that he chose the beautiful woman, but then he said, no, of course not. I had to talk to the ugly man. I sat there horrified at his objectification of both the woman and the man. Mm, mm, Good insight, Lauren. I've grieved and wept as these findings have surfaced because... This campus ministry leader is a top employee of my church. I've even considered, should I leave my church to find a new one? Or can I somehow share the theology of the body with this man, who I can tell you refuses to be taught by a woman? Mm. What should I do? I'm so grieved. Lauren, bless you. Uh, That grief is a holy grief. That grief, I believe, is an intercessory grief. And by that I mean it's a powerful prayer for the conversion of this man. I don't want to read too deeply into what his motives might be, but I think your diagnosis that something is off here is correct. Mm -hmm. I think something is seriously off. I think you are smelling it. Spiritually speaking, you can sense it. And to me, it's like a bad smell in a spiritual sense of smell, the spiritual senses, right? Just as we have sense of sight physically and hearing physically and smell physically, all of our physical senses have corresponding spiritual senses. And I think you are right. You are smelling something that is off and it's causing you grief. It's causing you sorrow. That sorrow opened up to Jesus is powerful intercessory prayer for his healing. He should not be, I'm, I'm not, I want to preface this by saying, I do not believe be perfect and then you can be fit for leadership. There's no such thing, right? Look at the crazy motley crew that Jesus chose as his first apostles and look at all their ridiculous imperfections. Um, that is a burden that no one can bear. If that was the standard, be perfect and, or be perfect and then do ministry, well, we, Wendy and I certainly wouldn't be doing ministry. Uh, Nobody would, because nobody's perfect here. But there are certain markers of a certain level of growth that would indicate, you know, this person needs a lot of help before he's leading others astray, Uh, or, or because he's leading others astray, he's in need of help. And he is, he's leading others astray with this kind of advice. And it comes, as you're sensing, as a woman, it comes from... Some kind, uh, again, I, I'm going to refrain. I already said I'm not going to read too much in. So, I, Wendy, I'm, I, I'm gonna, if I say more, I'm going to say too much. You, you talk now. Thank you. 
Lauren, the thing I think is so beautiful is that you are, as Christopher said, as I was reading, you said, my love, um, you're putting your finger on it here, you know, about um, the objectification that's going on and of both. And, And there could be something in him that is trying to make a joke and entertain the congregation with kind of a funny story. But that joke is definitely pointing to something that is really painful as a woman. And I think that sometimes people cannot imagine what that really feels like to be rejected mm-hmm. based on just being a woman. Just being a woman. And yeah. especially if you are an attractive woman, that yeah. somehow you are dangerous to be avoided, yeah, yeah. to be um, belittled in humor or in or blamed in some way for things that it, it's just a total injustice and a failure to see the person and failure to reverence God's gift of giving beauty to women. Yes, you know, amen. That is something that we should respond to with gratitude to the Lord and allow it to you know, penetrate our hearts and lead us closer to Him. And here's somebody just modeling a total opposite approach to that, and that's really offensive. I want to shout it from the rooftops, and I want all the women hearing this podcast to hear it from my heart, that feminine beauty is not an occasion of sin. It is an occasion of grace, mm. right? What a man does with that occasion uh I mean, oh gosh. Okay, I'll say it. I was not going to say it, and now I'm going to say it. I think this guy is. A, <laughs> I think this guy is afraid of his own attraction to women. That's mm-hmm. what I think's going on. Mm-hmm. And he's afraid of it, probably for good reason, because he sounds like he has a pornified frame of reference, mm-hmm. and he thinks the only solution there is shut it down. Mm-hmm. What he's not aware of. And I understand he's, why he's not aware of it, because so few people talk about it. It's not proclaimed. So few people know the real power of the gospel to transform us inwardly in the way we see and think and experience sexual desire. And that's why we think men can be prone to think a woman's beauty is an occasion of sin. Well, it's an occasion of sin for you if your mind's been formed and shaped in the gutter and you haven't allowed grace into those places you've gone to untwist what's gotten twisted up, right? John Paul II says, Christian ethos, and by that he means the, the inviting Christ's grace into our hearts. Ethos means those inner places of our hearts, what attracts us, what repulses us, that's our ethos. He says, Christian ethos is characterized by a transformation of our inner attitudes and our our way of thinking, such as to express and realize God's plan for human sexuality as it was in the beginning. Hmm. Right Now, that's a long journey. Nobody can claim to have arrived in this life, but it's worth every painful step. And it seems to me that this pastor has barely taken the first step. He's an entirely uh, uh, kind of negative approach to purity which ends up in a kind of misogynistic rejection of woman in order to, quote, keep myself pure. Er, Wrong answer, wrong approach. It reminds me of of various stories I've heard over the years. I remember one friend told me the story that he was out to lunch one day with a friend of his, both of them Catholic guys who love their wives, 
Um, but this one guy, this attractive waitress came to take their order at the restaurant. And the one guy just started treating this waitress like, like really poorly, saying snide things to her and kind of being rude to her. And, and eventually my friend called him on it and said, why are you being so rude to her? And his response was, well, if I wasn't, I would be tempted to lust after her. Oh, my. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. So he sets up this wall. So he's, he trades one sin for the other, right? Well, I don't want to lust after you, so I'll treat you like you're not really human. Uh, mm. and, and, and he's like setting up this wall in his heart to prevent himself from lusting, but he's committing another sin all, all, you know, in place of it. And I, I think something like that dynamic is going on in this pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and your grief, your grief for him, again, I'll say, is a powerful, powerful intercessory prayer. And I also do have some thoughts, because one of your questions is, what do I do here? And um, I want Christopher to share both the title of a book yes. and and um, maybe a series of talks you, specifically geared toward um, Protestants that might be good, Lauren, Thoughts I have about people that maybe could have a book discussion would be those you've mentioned who've been hurt by this man. Maybe invite a different pastor from your church to participate. It would be a very good way to illuminate to the leadership um, what is going on with this other pastor or this missionary. Without you needing to confront him directly, which isn't probably your role at all in this situation. So, can you share those resources? That that book is called Our Bodies Tell God's Story. And what I did in that book is I took my manuscript, which was Theology of the Body for Beginners, which was written for a Catholic audience, and I turned that manuscript into a Protestant-friendly approach to the Theology of the Body. It's a book written specifically for an evangelical Protestant audience. Our bodies tell God's story. We will have the link in the show notes to that book. And Lauren, I'll point you to a series of talks. I think we're kind of phasing CDs out because not too many people listen to them anymore, but we may still have some of these CDs called, it's a related title, Our Bodies Proclaim the Gospel. That's also a series of talks I gave to uh, a Protestant audience. And that comes with a study guide. You could do a, a study series with that. Um, and those talks are, are available to our patrons at our patron website. If you don't want to buy the CDs and you do want to become a patron, that would be a way to get access to those talks. Mm-hmm. I will make sure that we have the links in the show notes, both for the book and for those CDs and for how to join the patron community. Our next question is from Gerardo. Hello, Gerardo. Dear Christopher and Wendy, thank you very much for your testimony and your devoted life spreading the good, the true, and the beautiful. I'm 25 years old and have been raised in a Catholic family and community, as well as in a wealthy and privileged environment. Thanks be to God, he's kept me very close to him, and I've experienced his holy and redemptive love. TOB has been key in my journey and still is. I tried to live my life together with Jesus as king of my whole universe in my relationship, hopefully getting married soon, and all aspects of my life, including my job. I studied business and law and began my career in a top-tier investment banking firm 
with the honest motivation of saving money to get married and learn to become the best father and professional possible. As you might know, these kinds of places are very aggressive. The demands of the work make it very difficult to take care of your personal life. Some weeks ago, I quit my job as I realized it was drowning me. Mm. I had clear signs it was not the path. In this world, my decision is seen as a sign of weakness. I'm facing a lot of criticism, even from Catholic friends. Sometimes I believe my choice was brave and honest, but other times I wonder what God wants of me, considering my background and my education. Can you help me to look at these issues with T.O.B. eyes? Gerardo, I just want to say, wow, Uh, you are a man of courage. One One of the things that really stood out to me when Wendy was reading your question, you said there were clear signs that I was meant to leave. And you didn't elicit or uh, elaborate on what they were, but I believe you. Like, you sound like a man really desirous of following God's will in your life, being the best husband, the best father you can be, and as you said, the best businessman. But you were feeling crushed and and drowned in the, I mean, I think the vice here in that kind of world is, is driven by a kind of greed, would be my guess. And I think it was probably very disturbing to your spirit. Yeah, I, I, I just sense that as well. Yeah, yeah, and I would imagine, Gerardo, that you, when you left, I bet you there was a peace that came to your soul. I bet you there was, because you were following clear signs. As a prayerful man, you were following the signs that the Lord was giving you. And what I would say in terms of through a TOB lens, what could be learned here, or how can you see it through that lens? Theology of the body is about finding our identity as a man or a woman in the one who alone has authority to tell us who we are, right? And he has authority to tell us who we are because he is the author of our existence, right? Only the author of our existence has authority to tell us who we are. And you are seeking his authority in your life, Gerardo, to be the man he has created you to be. And you are learning to stand up and tall and out of all of these false authorities who want to box you in and say, your masculine identity comes from this. Your masculine identity comes from this. Your masculine identity comes from this. And you're, you're sensing in your spirit, no. My masculine identity does not come from working at this firm. My masculine identity does not come from making lots of money. My masculine identity does not come from chasing the, uh, the, what the world says is success. You are discovering God is your father. You are his son and you want to be the son he's created you to be. And you're following it, brother. And yes, of course, as you follow that, you're going to be criticized by those who don't follow that. You're going to be criticized by those who have bought into another paradigm of what is the measure of a man, what is the measure of success. I commend you, Gerardo, for saying, I'm not going to be swept away by those false measures of manliness. I want to discover my identity in the true authority, the only one who has the authority to tell me who I am because he's the author of my existence. Keep developing your prayer life, Gerardo. 
keep uh, pressing into the themes of theology of the body, and you will find yourself standing more and more upright in your relationship as a son of the Father and drawing your masculine identity there. And you'll realize, you know, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of me. Mm. That's not where my identity comes from. My identity comes from my Father, and my Father speaks to my heart, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. Mm. And he is Gerardo. Mm. Yeah, I'm hearing that. Pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. That sense of, um, yes, people are persecuting you. You may not, because maybe you know some of the people, you may not want to accuse them of that, but in the sense of being um, told that you are weak or that you're exhibiting dangerous signs of weakness is is a persecution when the truth, as Christopher was saying, is that you are making a a very important step at this stage of your life in choosing to be faithful to the Lord and his plan for your life, even when you don't know exactly what it is, but that you want what he wants. You want what he wants, and that's beautiful. Um, and I just want to encourage you, too, with just having completed your education. You know, I'm kind of seeing you a little bit from a motherly perspective mm-hmm. right now because you're 25 years old and I have a 25-year-old son. We do. Mm-hmm. And I just know kind of my heart towards you is partly motherly, but I want to encourage you, Gerardo, to think back on your education and whether any aspect of your education, any course you took, any author you read, kind of sparked your heart uh, with interest because it's hard to complete an education in something that doesn't interest you at all. And yet with your sensitivities, there may have been something a little different in what called to you. And so to listen to those things and also to look into Catholic business ethics or something you can find, whether it's a a podcast or an author, somebody that can really redirect all that you've gained from your education to be put at the service of God's kingdom in a way that will be your gift. I just want to encourage you to keep looking for that because the Lord is smiling at you. He loves you so much. He knows you are blessed, um, that you recognize His hand in all of your life, and He's He's right there with you in this stage of your journey. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. We hope you were blessed by things we shared. And if you were, and if you know somebody you think could be blessed by what you've heard today, please hit that share button to help us grow our audience. We'd be grateful. Thank you for all the questions you send our way. Keep them coming. Until next time, may you know it in your heart so deeply that it becomes that sense of yourself from the author of your existence. May you know it from Him that your existence, your unrepeatable, indispensable, and irreplaceable existence is a gift. Become what you are. Christopher West is brought to you by the Theology of the Body Institute with music by Mike Mangioni. Christopher and Wendy hope that the information provided is helpful to you, but remind you that they are not licensed counselors. If you're going through serious difficulty, a list of trusted counselors and psychologists can be found in the show notes.